you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Around the NFL podcast, Mrs. West's references to Welcome Back, Cotton. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. I feel like where we are now, and happy, happy league all that it's officially the 2021 season in the nfl as of wednesday <laughs> it feels like now and there's still a lot of free agents out there we're going to get to everything that's happened in the last 24 hours and guys that are still out there and things that could happen while we're recording just like we did the last two days but i'm starting to think like this the sean watson thing this um this is going to really soon become the dominant story if it's not already there like it feels like it's going to happen soon now, and we're going to get to some hmm. reports that are out there too. Do you disagree, Greg? You gave me a hmm, which I think means I don't know about that. I no, didn't really think I don't of it know. I'm so in the dark about this that I have no feel. If I had to guess, it feels more like the draft. Like the draft, you're right. It'll become the dominant story, and we're going to be talking about it. But it just feels like no, no one knows. But it makes more sense to me to happen near the draft. I think it I think it could happen before that though too because you're in a public relations disaster and and if, and if the right offer comes it's probably going to they have to start to listen. It sounds like they're not really even listening or picking up the phone but when you go and I I am not connecting the Tyrod Taylor dot to suggest that they believe that they're done with Deshaun Watson but that's the first like sign and it's just such a predictable Texans thing to do and I something about this I just start thinking I know the Panthers are all over it that he's going to wind up in New England and our heads are going to explode no stop why is that so impossible here's why because they filed a tampering charge Ah! against the Texans just a year ago that was re- related to them hiring the general manager that's there now. So? That the owner of the Patriots is 
was reportedly furious with Easterby for some breadcrumbs that Easterby dropped on the way out. That the Texans have really been as almost as much as any franchise, really. Obviously, the Jets would be in that mix, but almost as much as any franchise has sort of been the Patriots' little brother um, since they've come back because they've just kept coming up against them in key spots. And I just, I just can't see any reason that they're ever going to serve Watson to them on a platter for any amount of picks because that's ownership. Ownership wouldn't allow. Hey, I don't know. Hey, Ricky Hollywood, what if you, in one fell swoop, got Cam Newton out of your way as QB1 and <laughs> imported a future Hall of Fame quarterback in his mid-20s to the Patriots in one move? Ah! <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Speaking of the Patriots, any moves in the last 24 hours for everyone to uh, ah over? No, but I okay. do think more could be coming. They still have a lot of cap space left after all this somehow. Um, well, and this is said, when they usually get active. You said, by the way, Greg, that you know there's certain soldiers out there in the Belichick universe. Let's let's hear from one of them, Lewis Riddick. And he's executing it to a T right now. Now it's all it's all on the quarterback. It's all on Cam Newton and whether or not they wind up drafting somebody for the future. But right now, as far as team building is concerned, this is a clinic of how to run free agency. It's an absolute clinic. This is exactly what's on my nerves about this, Greg. Riddick, who obviously I guess is, I I know he has history with Belichick and, and all that. This idea that now, and he has a big platform, Lewis Riddick. People listen to him, and he's on ESPN's morning show, and he's saying Bill Belichick has fixed the team. Now, whether they do well or fail, it's on Cam Newton because Bill's fine. Bill did what Bill had to do. He made every move, and he's built this team now brilliantly. And if they don't do well in 2021, it's not Bill Belichick's fault. It's Cam Newton's fault, and that's that's a kind of unsavory uh, way the sausage can be made when you have people in your corner in the media. Because I just hate that sentiment as if just because they spent all this money, he, he just he won free agency again. And now you have to put it all on Cam as if now it's Cam's job to get them back to the Super Bowl. It's not just Cam. Ugh, that got on my nerves. Well, plus Belichick is the one that is putting Cam in there. So he is responsible for, for Cam Newton's play. His faith in Cam Newton is is on Belichick. You know, the minute that preceded that was more of an X's and O's saying, like, how these players specifically fit the way Belichick wants to attack inside out. He thought he thought Aguilar and Henry and Johnny Smith kind of was like the perfect fit for the Patriots offense. So we'll see. We'll see. But that that was that was where there he was, was trying to go. You want to talk right, about you want to talk about mission accomplished banner on the aircraft carrier? All right. Let's here's talk about here's it. the thing well, though. Come on. Watch watch the NFL media across almost any platform and the ex players and scouts and GMs and everyone that's been inside the league Every single one of them has got some big time agendas that are very obvious if you know them ahead of time. Like, it's just a fact. We do, too. We do, too, as fans. I'm not saying we don't, but we do. You got to read into that. I'm with you. Riddick has been studying Belichick for 20 plus years. I mean, he was with him on the 1993 Browns. He, uh, so I, I, I do. Think we've ascended past study at this point. I don't That's know what fine. the word is, but study feels a little bit. Strange. But I would say this: if you're going to tell me a team that is going to go out and make a big deal out of having like a two tight end offense and who I would trust with almost anyone they bring in on defense to maximize, yes, it's the Patriots. Mm. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, I don't think it's. Ju- I think like the mission accomplished we'll event in our history 
was a little more egregious than suggesting the Patriots have added talent on both sides of the ball. No, Will Bill it work did out? His job. It's done. It's done. The Patriots are well, rebuilding to a champion. side of it. Dan's the just annoyed because this is absurd. supposed to be the Jets' time of year. It's like no. false hope time of year. He doesn't like that the Patriots no, are the done. team with the false hope this time. You know, and I, and He doesn't I'm like told, that the Patriots are peaking in March like the Jets did the last few yeah, years. And I do yeah, have plenty of history with that. And peaking in March doesn't always uh, tend to work out in September. Uh, but congratulations to the Patriots. You you starting the show saying um, the the you know it's the new league year and like now we're celebrating. Does that mean today is actually the first um, time we can say football is back? It's like the <laughs> it's the first of fifteen different times from now until September. Football's back. There there may be no more absurd thing happening in any sport. I mean, and there are some challengers out there. Then this treating the new league year like New Year's Eve business. I don't. I just. I. I. Who? We're all having to kind of close our eyes and pretend it's of intrigue. It's a vestige like, of a uh, of uh, five years ago. This the the game has changed uh, out from under our feet. Here. Why, will, why? Why must why we not evolve though? Why? Why are we still treating that like it's this Christmas morning business? My uh, son is in the background yelling "poo poo bananas." Well, that's true. About. I mean, that's, that's more interesting to me than right. That's uh, a good point. Happy. New I think it's, year. you're going to discover something more interesting when you exit the show. No doubt about it. You All know, right. he's he's talking about the Seahawks off season. Am I right? Oh! <laughs> All right. Let's get into where we're at right now. It is just after five o'clock on the East Coast. Uh, let's start with some quarterback talk. Let's talk about the Seahawks. Why not? Uh, because an interesting report, the Bears, as we uh, discussed yesterday, uh, signed Andy Dalton to a uh, one-year contract worth $10 million, uh, with room to go higher than that. It's, it's you know, low-grade starting quarterback money for Andy Dalton. It seems like the direction Chicago's going in 2021. Uh, now a report, this actually from Dan Patrick, uh, who uh, said on his radio show, I presume, that Chicago, uh, the Chicago Bears offered three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and two unnamed starters for Russell Wilson. So they went for it. The, the report's out there. If this is true, what Patrick is saying, I have no reason to think that he's misinformed here. Um, the Bears, indeed, were all in on trying to solve their offense and franchise issues with one big swing. Uh, but, it, you know, what killed them is they have the 20th overall pick. You wonder if they were in the top five, if this is a whole different situation and the Seahawks are actually tempted to pull the trigger, but they might not have had enough ammunition here. They couldn't deliver the quarterback. I think that, you know, if you're the Seahawks, and I like the way some people put it, like if, if, if this deal went down, the Seahawks become the Bears, and the Bears become the Seahawks. And and why would the Seahawks want to do that? Uh, I mean, I wonder, though, and this all happened at a North Dakota State Pro Day in Fargo, North Dakota, which which adds a, a little Ooh. bit of intrigue to the whole thing. But I got Right. A mysterious, a nice place. Um, okay, we can play that, too. Like, Ryan Pace, you tried, but you didn't deliver the quarterback the first okay. time. Okay. We can play that too, he says. You, you seem, yeah, annoyed by the song. I like the Just accompaniment. Calm down, I don't, under- drop, I don't understand what is happening. Sound drop in there every once in a while it's without you getting agitated by it. It's just, it's meant Typically, to add a when flavor. I'm speaking, then suddenly a bunch of bells and whistles <laughs> got, get unfurled. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but it is a nice anthem. Um, Do you want to know what no it is? One, I don't at this point, instead I don't even know judging, what I was going to say. Instead of judging, 
This is the theme song of the great film Fargo. Mm. Well, I've seen what a film movie. many times. Yes, this is the theme song from Fargo. I love that there was a clandestine meeting in Fargo, um, having really loved that. Uh, was it the Coen Brothers that did that film? Yes. Excellent. All right, Mark, go ahead. I'm sorry to upset you. With no, I think notes. I think what's happened is I stepped over a bit that you had prepared before the show by mentioning. No, this I'm noticing Fargo, this. So. You're starting to have any issues when there's something in the background. I apologize. Go ahead. Well, I don't I don't know where this is going, but like I I would just say this: you wind up with Andy Dalton because you couldn't deliver the quarterback, not when you had a chance to draft one, or when it came down to this ex- super expensive trade proposal. Mm. You're on the outside looking in. You're the Chicago Bears, and it's not Andy Dalton's fault, and we all get it. Everyone's been tweeting about it for 24 hours, but he's in another terrible situation where he's going to be compared to, like Mr. Trubisky, who they could have had. <laughs> so I've had enough of it, and I feel for Bears fans. The music swelling really does add I kinda, a, I'm starting a to level like it of more. gravitas to I'm what would to like it otherwise be like a good Andy Dalton take, but now it like it almost feels like your Oscar clip. It's great. Maybe <laughs> we just end the show right here. We'll just call it a day. I um, see you tomorrow. I do see what Ryan Pace is doing though here. You know, it's like every reporter has this these details. Where does it come from? All right, Ricky. <laughs> Like, he is giving me, um, Ryan Pace, that is, some Danny Ainge in the NBA vibes, where it's like, every time a huge superstar gets traded, like, it gets leaked a day later that Danny Ainge really tried hard for him. And I'm not doubting that's true, but you kind of, it's a self-serving report that's like, hey, Bears fans, we tried. Uh, well, if you really, I didn't like when people said they did everything possible. They, they empty. Well, no, you could have just offered more. You could have made trades leading up to this to get even more first round picks. Like if you wanted to sell out the, you know, everything you possibly could do, you could do more. Part of the. Well, three past, first round picks. Didn't we learn at some lot. point in this offseason that that's the most you can actually Right, but offer if you got someone that, in up theory, to a certain year. Yeah. in theory, right. you could try to acquire another. Trade Khalil Mack for another yeah. first or something like that, you're saying? Okay. Sure, something like that. Or like the, the Jets have done. Look, the Jets have set the table to be a true contender. The right. Bears right. But are you not need like a the, year, you need a little bit more time to build up a cachet like that. I guess the Perhaps. if the Bears had another year leading up to one, and maybe they will because Russell Wilson could be traded next year. Yeah, maybe then you could see something happen, or even or even next month because if rap sheets are our insider Ian Rappaport's timeline is um, accurate, and no reason to think it wasn't. The Seahawks slept on this, so I thought that was an interesting part of the story. Schneider and Pace meet up the clandestine meeting. Fargo, and they they sleep on it. He goes back and talks to Pete Carroll. I found an interesting rap sheet points out specifically that Carroll is the one that makes the decision here, which uh, is uh, supporting my Pete Carroll is the most powerful head coach in the NFL argument because uh, he hired Schneider and because they don't seem to have any real ownership situation going on there. Not really sure what's going on there. Um, that Carroll said, no, I don't want to do that. But I don't know. They, they had a meeting. They talked about it. They thought about it. It kind of indicates they're thinking about it, that this that it's possible. Well, whether it's possible right now or next offseason, 
I don't know, but uh, it doesn't seem nearly as like crazy. And if I am Seahawks ownership, it's it's Paul Allen's sister, by the way. After mm-hmm. Paul Allen died, I don't know. I'd be a little concerned. I might want to nip this in the bud, and I might want to get old uh, Pete Carroll out the door if I have to make a choice. Mm. Yep, right now, be... I don't know. Before like before be they trade Russell Wilson, yeah. If it comes down to that, I like what Pete Carroll's doing, keeping Russell Wilson. Okay, that's fine. But he's seventy. Part I mean, part of it is he's seventy. Does he want to go into a rebuild with a hazy quarterback scenario? Sounds like an absolute nightmare to be no, doing you, that at age seventy. You could turn into the Bears and not have a quarterback for thirty years. Also, exactly. Pete Carroll is not your average seventy-year-old, and I also think based on what we know about him, uh, I don't think he sees anything as, you know. I can't pull this off, not at this age. I think he, he still believes himself to be 35, and he, he might actually be. Um, uh, he's, he's not quite your average 70-year-old, but this will be very interesting to continue to track. And, and another you know big quarterback news, and we mentioned Watson and the idea of a, trading a franchise superstar. Um, the Athletics' Joseph Person reports that the Panthers are, quote, locked on uh, acquiring the Texans' star. And a person quoted an executive with an NFL team who said uh, Watson looks to be plan A, B, and C for the Panthers and the team's owner, David Tepper. Uh, Three first-round picks, the likely starting point in trade talk. So there's that three again. There's the max. Now, well, max years. You could always have more first-round picks. That's beside the point. Um Here's my thought on this and why I think, yes, the draft's really, it feels like it's far away, but it's really not. But if the Texans have David Tepper on the hook here and this guy wants what he wants and we've heard this over and over that David Tepper, he won't let a guy out of the room when he wants his man and he wants to make his big splash and he wants to run an NFL team the, the way he built himself as a businessman into a billionaire and that's being aggressive and getting what he wants. All right, this feels like the guy to do business with. And we've talked about it in the past on this show. If you've got to trade Deshaun Watson, which you never want to do, but if you have to do it and you don't have another choice, you might as well trade him out of the conference and uh, put him out of sight, out of mind on some level. And don't let this opportunity slip away. It just feels like the Panthers and and where they're at as an organization and their need and the, who their owner is, uh, this is the partnership to get max value in a deal. Don't get too cute with this and, and blow the best potential suitor you have. You'd have the number eight pick. That would be a doorway to get a quarterback, obviously, um, which is the huge key component here. Uh, I do think David Tepper is going to be looked at four or five years from now as one of the most powerful owners in the NFL, if not in sports. Um, he's a modern-day owner. And the marriage between him and Matt Rule is super solid. And can you imagine, that offense last year was frisky uh, with Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, they've got parts. Can you imagine Deshaun Watson with Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson? And maybe you even think about retaining Curtis Samuel, re-signing him as an attractive um, add-on for Deshaun Watson. They will have, now that it's the New Year League, about $32 million in cap space. Mm. So they have been making moves and setting the table again, like to your point, Greg, getting in the right position to make this gigantic trade, and I think it would be an awesome landing spot for Deshaun Watson. Well, and they're high enough in the draft that they could potentially move higher. So that that's the key to me. I think if you're the Seahawks, you, you can't ever trade Russell Wilson without getting a franchise quarterback back. It's insane. And it's the same with the Texans. So, you know, the Dolphins and the Jets, to me, have always made the most sense because they have the second and third pick. 
And we heard that Watson would like to go there, although now that's, you know, there's a million of these reports out there. There's one from Lombardi, who is a former Patriots employee. So, again, think about it. Think about agendas that says he doesn't want to go to those teams, that he likes the 49ers or the Broncos, which also are teams, I think, that could be laying in the weeds here because they don't need a quarterback now in free agency, but they could pounce around the draft. But what what um Carolina and Denver to some degree has is a pretty high draft pick where it's okay maybe if you can get even higher and then you throw in the first without giving up your first round picks you know then then maybe you're cooking but wouldn't you get you probably would get the best price near the draft kind of like the Goff trade or the Wentz trade or or the Eli Manning trade all these other trades I could yeah. see Jimmy G as someone that you know please Nick Casario and Mr. Easterby um, claiming friendship with or whatever it would be and saying this is a, this fits well with what the Texans want to be. Jimmy G is our starter with, you know, Tyrod Taylor is our backup, and you'll probably see both of them. Mm. I don't know if Easterby, you know, he's a, a God-fearing man. If Remember when uh, Garoppolo went on that blind date with the adult film star? Sure, <laughs> but Maybe one, not of the on tenants, with... one of the tenants would be forgiveness, I would think. You'd have to forgive <laughs> that. He's a young man. You could see why that might happen. That's still, I have to say, in all the years that we've done this podcast, one of the strangest stories that Jimmy G, who's by all accounts a, a mild-mannered man and a really nice guy and uh, everybody seems to like him, uh, and I'm not throwing any shame on the adult film industry, but to think that you could just go out on the town with a well-known porn star, uh, that is that was quite a roll of the dice. Now, the payoff, I imagine, was huge. Let's Let's be honest here. Uh, you know, entering in that type of relationship, however long it lasted. But when we look back, Greg, uh, that's <laughs> stunning, isn't it? I mean, I think it lasted until the next day when she posted <laughs> stuff on Instagram about it. Uh, but it's a really funny story to look back on. It made me like Jimmy G more because of how he handled it. He didn't but, try. He didn't yeah. give you the franchise quarterback um, vanilla answer. He just sort of like shrugged his shoulders. and was like, come on, guys, like. You know what happened. Why are you asking about this? Like, he owned it. And uh, with a smile, he owned it. I was. And if a franchise quarterback can't do it, who can, I guess, in terms of your, you know, power brokering your way into that kind of a date? He was like, what, you got to get on me for this, guys? Look at me. He's like, swing. (laughs) Remember, Wes and I um, rode a plane with Jimmy G from Indianapolis to Los Angeles and actually spoke to him a number of times when no one knew, you know, who he was and where he'd go and what he'd become. Um, you know, a lot of other things happen on that plane flight too, but that was one of the highlights. <laughs> I think I know the one you're referring to. Uh, and other Deshaun Watson news. Uh, this is just something to keep an eye on here. Um, there are allegations of a sexual assault uh, involving Watson here. A lawsuit um, includes allegations from a female masseuse that Watson, quote, went too far during a massage. And Watson came out on social media and vigorously denied everything uh, involved in terms of the charges and called it a shakedown. So uh, that is kind of now uh, something just percolating uh, as part of the story around Watson. We'll see how that all um, plays out in other free agency news. Let's get to free agency. Uh, Things have calmed down a little bit, but still a lot of stuff going on. We'll start with Trent Williams. The left tackle signs a monster extension with the San Francisco 49ers six years 138 million, 55 of it guaranteed, 30 million in a signing bonus. The 32 year old is locked and loaded 
as the blindside protector of perhaps Jimmy Garoppolo or whomever else in the future. So after I think he was number one, Greg, on your free agency top 101, he is off the board in a big way. I like the – I wouldn't call it pettiness, but just – like a bookkeeping detail that they added $10,000 to the end of this $138 million contract. So he could be the highest paid left tackle in history. <laughs> That's a <laughs> like, solid, like who's doing that? The agent or the player? I don't even know, but he just, he wanted to be the guy and he proved, uh, you know, a nice predi- a prediction. I put in there that I thought, I thought he would in this free agency where I, I do feel pe- team players are getting a little less than they would normally. Trent Williams uh, got paid, Full price, and he's kind of the photo negative of Le'Veon Bell's uh, sitting out a year. So we said, well, that didn't work out for Le'Veon Bell. It worked out well for Trent Williams. His was for a different reason. It was mostly his uh, displeasure with the Washington franchise and a little bit of injury situation. Uh, but he sat out a year, bet on himself, said, you can't tag me. I'll play for you one year, a little below market. And now he's, uh, he's awesome and he's rich. It's interesting that the Chiefs, who obviously need tackle help, uh, pushed really hard to sign him and that, and that he turned down the chance to go and play with Patrick Mahomes and probably mm. walk right into a Super Bowl. Um, I guess it shows true belief in the Niners, too. It can't just be about money. I mean, although that's what everyone tells me it's all about. Well, he was drafted by Kyle Shanahan and Matt and my, uh, Mike Shanahan back in Washington, so he, ha- he has a nice history there and, and clearly likes playing for him. I mean, if you're an organization that's being run the right way and you have a guy in the building... Uh, you have a chance to make him comfortable and make him like where he is. And I, I think that certainly helped the Niners in this case um, as well. So you mentioned Le'Veon Bell. Is he even going to get a job this offseason? Is his career over? I mean, what a stunning downfall uh, if that's the case. He was on a Hall of Fame trajectory before he got into his squabbles with Pittsburgh. I think it could be over. Unless he's going to take like a minimum deal and compete for a spot in camp, that's that's kind of where he's no at. major injury, sat out the year over contract issues, came back with the Jets, got a nice deal, um, wasn't nearly the same player. They thought maybe getting him out of the Adam Gase offense, sending him to the Chiefs would spark him. Did not, and it's just it's one of those really it's a head scratcher because I think he's what twenty eight, twenty nine now, and it's it's almost like the 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 elite football and his. Uh, body just disappeared. Uh, he also disappeared from the Steelers and that attack, but uh, interesting story there. No questioning his desire um, to probably, I would, someone who I'd call a lifer, I expect him to come back and play another eight or nine years, if not eight or nine months. And moving on, the Cardinals are making moves. They'll start at wide receiver. They signed A.J. Green to a one-year $8 million contract. He's going to be 33 years old this summer. Uh, didn't look. I mean, he looked like this is this is kind of like Le'Veon Bell. He's a few years older, so you think Father Time's playing a role here. But uh, it almost seemed like he went from an elite player to a uh, below average player overnight. Uh, last last season was not good statistically for him, even with an ascendant young quarterback in Joe Burrow. The Cardinals now are going to take a chance, and it, it makes you wonder if Larry Fitzgerald is. Uh, going to hang up the cleats here. It's been very quiet on that front about whether he's coming back or not. Not AJ Green now is in the equation. I was very surprised he got six million guaranteed. Very. They're handing out a lot of money over there, making some aggressive. He moves didn't. He didn't look good last year. You know, I really thought you you looked at him, and I think that was a nice receiver group uh, in general. Three good young receivers. You see him next to 
you know, T. Higgins and even Auden Tate was like their fourth. And they like, you could just see them both on the field at the same time. And they all just, they looked like young and explosive. And A.J. Green did, did not. So he became like a, a point of the catch guy. It's like he, you know, everyone, I saw NFL number going crazy about this. And it's like talking about how strong his hands are and all this stuff. That's fine. I mean, but he's not the same player. And it, to me, the money is, is weird. And it's the classic um, free agent signing where everyone's going gaga over it. But he hasn't been A.J. Green in two-plus seasons. And value, it, as Wes would say, value the game, not the name. Fitzgerald uh, is going to retire, according to Mike Florio, or have to sign elsewhere. He, he put something out there. He didn't say sources, but he made it clear he wasn't basing it on nothing that the Cardinals were kind of done with him. He put it out there in a nice way, which makes sense. He averaged seven yards per catch last year. He, he played a lot and did not produce Larry Fitzgerald. And he, he's turning 39, so I think it's probably the end of the road for him. Yeah, first-round pick uh, way back in, I believe, 2004. An amazing Hall of Fame career for Larry Fitzgerald. If this is the end, we'll keep an eye on that. And another Cardinals news, Rodney Hudson. You know, we were just talking about him. And uh, the news that came out yesterday indicated that the Raiders had released their veteran center. Uh, which was surprising and head-scratching. Well, it didn't turn out to be a release. It turns into a trade. So he's out the door, uh, but it, it's the next closest thing. Uh, uh, they trade H- Hudson to the Cardinals uh, in exchange for a third-round pick, and they swap seventh-rounders. Excuse me. Cardinals acquire Hudson and a seventh-round pick from the Raiders in exchange for a third-round pick. So that is a nice pickup for Arizona. Um, Hudson, as we talked about yesterday, has really had a nice career. I like thinking about the sauce. See how this sausage gets made on one like this. I'm a little. I'm curious how this all went down. Do you think the media played a role in the Raiders changing their? I don't know. Like did, here? did the Raiders not realize he could acquire a third round pick? Was Ian um, just putting it out there, and they knew that then, like, in, because the GM app is not around, Dan. Maybe they're maybe right. they're kind of using Ian uh, as a way to to put it out there, or was it just like some imprecise language going on? Like we were going to put him on the top one one, and he never even was a free agent. It was you know it was a little strange. The whole thing was strange. The, this is how the GM app works. It's very simple, and I just need an HTML guy um, to help build it with me. If you're out there, please hit me up. My DMs are open. No, they're not. Uh, you, all you have to do is in the subject line center Rodney Hudson. You click into it, okay? Then you have his contract details, uh, how many guaranteed years he's left, what what's owed, all that type of uh, nitty-gritty information, and then what I'm looking for. And put mid-round, mid-round pick, uh, hit me up in my DMs. And then well, you have that out there to 31 other teams, and it just takes one... But one nibble to have it, and if you get two, then you can start leveraging them against each other. Maybe open a three-way chat, and you get the three of them together, and we <laughs> we just really uh, figure it out. But that's how it works. It would absolutely be effective. It's, it, it sounds happening? like an incredible platform, and it's like when you come up with ideas like this, usually like other people around the globe are coming up with similar ideas. And I'm surprised. Um, well, it says a lot, Dan, that you're the only one who's come up with this. It's not been done. Uh, and I, I would ask you that can, could could like someone sneaky like a Jack Easterby get into the forum, or is it is it simply the person with the mm. GM title? Like, can can you you know there are other like pesky people in every organization, you know, striving uh, there for has power. to be a gatekeeper. I that's what I'd hire Greg. I'd give Greg about uh, what what can I pay Greg that he would say yes to do it? I would pay Greg 
fifteen thousand dollars. Right. You got to get uh, to five figures, and then you could have <laughs> lowballed me at ten. I would have done it for ten. Uh, so if I give Greg fifteen k, and he he becomes the gatekeeper, uh, and people actually have to submit. Like I just went through this with the whole home process. Um, the final part of submitting an offer is writing a, a letter to the buyers explaining why you want the house and it's a way to kind of add a little personal touch if you're in competition. They have to submit a letter of intent to Greg and then he'll decide whether to let people uh, Yeah, in. 15 grand feels low in a, in a trade where there's like a, maybe 2,800 transactions a year. I mean, Greg is going to be... There will be job. no time for Greg's base job anymore. Well, the, yeah, the... It, between me and the HTML guy, I mean, he's going to have to figure out how to get the three-way chat going. I mean, it was one thing when it was two. <laughs> I think that's a little deeper than HTML, but yes. No, it's, that's the whole thing I want to keep. That's it. It's got to be expensive. Very simple. Yes. It's got to be expensive. Well, I think, I think to your point. Wait, doesn't I think your he, wife work in that uh, realm, uh, Mark? Uh, sure, but I'm going to need more than fifteen thousand dollars. You know, to I'll stack offer another responsibility onto. I'm going to undercut her. I'll do it for ten. I need that. I need no, I'll do it for nine now. Cut. We'll do it for nine. <laughs> this, this is how it works. Works. This is how it works. <laughs> I, there must have been another team in that app, by the way, for it to go all the way up to third. That was the whole thing. They were going to cut them, and it's like they must have had other teams bidding to get it to third. All right, uh, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Moving on. Ooh, Jacoby Brissett has a job. A new Ooh, job. Slides me off a say. piece of that. He Jim joins Brisky. the Miami Dolphins um, as their new backup quarterback behind Tua Tungavailoa, and that's a that's a nice landing spot uh, for Jake Brisket. And it does, you know, it, it jumps out to me when I saw this news, and and I had written about this on the website maybe a month ago that. One of the reasons why I didn't feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick made sense as the future of the Dolphins is like he was too good at the job and he was too he was too popular with the fan base. And Tua is just a kid and he's trying to figure this thing out. And you have this guy that is essentially the most popular player in the league on some level in terms of everyone loves Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Like not in terms of he's not like as big as like the true superstars, but you know what I mean. He's just such a fan favorite. It became almost a distraction in this goal of building out Tua as your franchise quarterback. You get Jake Brisket in there. And you're okay. You don't have to worry about the fans clamoring for Jake Brisket. So we've seen a lot of Jake Brisket, and Jake Brisket is Jake Brisket. Yeah. What? And so what did the Colts always say about Jake Brisket? Jake Brisket, like great teammate. Um, you know, willing to do anything. Stepped in in a tough situation. Ryan Fitzpatrick is just simply too charismatic, um, and it gets too freaky and too good at times. That you. That's a load for your coaching staff to handle as your backup quarterback. So I totally agree with mm. you. I think to me, though, it, you know, anything could happen, but it shuts down for me the idea that the Dolphins would package Tua away for Deshaun Watson. I just don't, that team to me feels like a no go on that. What front. does that have to do with Jake Prisket, though? I just think that they, to, your, to the point of getting a backup that is clearly below Tua's like intrigue level, that they're just going forward with Tua. Also, everything they've just said about Tua, I just think that they're, that's their quarterback room. Mm. And I don't think adding Deshaun Watson to that is happening. Uh, who knows? Uh, but would you? Would you? Do you think they're a candidate? I don't. Is it, was that the Jake Brisket signing? By the way, enough of this slander on Jake Brisket. Nice quarterback. Last time he was truly. Oh, hang healthy. on a second. Tell me. Tell me where I'm wrong. Jake slice, Brisket. Slice Jake me Brisket. off a piece of that Jake Brisket. I would have been happy to see him in. Do New you know? England. Do you know exactly what I'm saying though? When I say Jake Brisket is Jake Brisket. 
Yeah. You understand what I'm saying. I'm not well, saying he's a bad guy or a bad player. No, he's I know. The, he is. But the fa- the the uh, brisket homers out there would point to that first half of his season with Indianapolis before he hurt his shoulder and things were looking pretty good. And then he, he stinks with a bum shoulder and then he gets replaced. That's, that's tough. But you're not intrigued to yank Tua or t- no, take Tua no. out of the picture. It doesn't, I, think that's I agree point. with your point. Yeah, I agree right. with your point. I do think if they had any chance to get Deshaun Watson, they would sell Tua down the river. That's what I think. I think you're right about that. Um, hmm. In other news, the Bills parted ways with John Brown last week. They replace him with Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, this guy's starting to pile up some freaking, frequent, uh, freaking, frequent flyer miles uh, here, Manny Sanders. Um, it is a one-year, $6 million contract. Nice value. Sanders a little up there now, a little long in the tooth at 34 years old. Uh, but he has always been a nice, consistent number two, number three type guy. And um, maybe he gives them somebody who's a little bit more durable and can, uh, you know, make some plays with Josh Allen. Good spot for him. Like if you're if you're into him as a fantasy guy or whatever, because he, he he didn't do great in New Orleans. You you uh, mentioning frequent flyer miles though gets me thinking like. I've been racking up these frequent flyer miles on my credit card this last year. Like, what? It just feels worthless. I guess someday, in theory, I'll I'll use them, but it's just One like a, a currency that doesn't matter anymore. Well, right well, I now, mean, yeah, you will get on an airplane again minute. at some point. I would imagine. <laughs> That's maybe. I, here's that wide receiver room. Uh, as Greg ponders air flight in the future. Emmanuel Sanders uh, joins Stefan Diggs. He's the true number one. Cole Beasley, who had that big breakout season last year. Uh, and you had you have second-year man Gabriel Davis as well. Uh, so Sanders slides in there. He should, yeah, he should play plenty there. It's a nice group. It's do. a nice group. Yep. Uh, speaking of John Brown, he lands on his feet with the Las Vegas Raiders, and he replaces Nelson Aguilar, who went to the Patriots. Um, and, Greg, help me out with this. I don't remember exactly um, what Aguilar signed for, so maybe two, it's just two a matter. Two for 26, but they never, for- they never said what the guarantees. It might be a one-year deal, but they never they haven't said that one yet. All right, and, and John it Brown It is. It's now, one year. Yeah, I don't see what the the figures are for John Brown here, um, but I, it's one I think, of your classic up to five point five million from what okay. I mean. I just thought you know Aguilar was a guy they probably should have tried harder to keep around, considering he had such a good rapport with Derek Carr and 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 had really busted out last year. John Brown, uh, we talked about him last week, a longtime West favorite, a guy who can make plenty of plays, but maybe uh, a bit of a durability concern there. Uh, I thought Aguilar was a good fit in Las Vegas. Good value, though. I, I agree with you, but I this I like this move just because I like John Brown, and and like I'd rather have John Brown than Marvin Jones, who got a lot more money, or AJ Green, who got a lot more money. I think he he'll matter. Like I we do the winners and I do the winners and losers on the website, and it's like yesterday Derek Carr's a loser because they lost Rodney Hudson and they're losing Aguilar losing other and then it's like today well actually Incognito's coming back and you got John Brown which I'm fine with the John Brown for Aguilar trade that seems close enough it's like okay maybe today Derek Carr's a winner this John Brown (laughs) deal is the kind of deal that I think the Patriots would have made if they weren't like cracking open piggy banks this this offseason I agree which nobody has those anymore that's a stupid reference my my kid does. Mine does. Right. Too. We, have a, well, we have a pig. He's still in the mix. Okay. 
That's you might be surprised to learn, Mark, that uh, my kids have a Godzilla piggy bank. No, I'm not. Well, that's not a piggy bank, and by nature, it's not that. It well, would you need know to be I mean. shaped like a okay, but I'm just saying, it, if adults used to have them for some reason, they don't anymore. I guess it has to be the shaped as a pig to qualify as the piggy bank. I, I always thought that was more just like any mm. type of little kids like bank holder thing. You just call it a piggy bank. Is that how deep your vegetarianism goes? You would not even support <laughs> the a piggy bank inside your house, Mark. No, I would. I mean, my children have little cups with a hole in the top to put coins in, but I don't. Call, I don't walk around calling that a piggy bank. <laughs> All right, you know, Mark. I this has nothing to do with um, <laughs> banks. Well done, Ricky. <laughs> yes, Greg. I I ate something. I ordered something to pick up the other week. Call uh, that was yak chili. And whenever I eat something yards little, after catch chili, a little left of center, like eating some yak, I think of you because you always make fun of that. I eat like that, that, like us meat eaters eat terrible things. And you know, Pig what, intestines you, and things this, like that. This yak was damn delicious. Well, I, I think of you when I think about things like that. But I actually, it reminds me, I had a dream last night that I ate um, like multiple strips of like crispy bacon. <laughs> How was it? Was it a nightmare or you liked it? No, I think it was because I used to. I, it was fine, but I don't remember how it tasted in the dream. It wasn't what that that sensory part of it didn't click in. Mm. But I, I remember there doing was a it night, and then realizing I did it. There was a night years ago, Mark. You and I were out. Um, I'm guessing we were at the cozy uh, near the office, and then we were um, going to grab some food before going back to our respective homes and and and, and you know letting our wives know we were still alive. And um, so I got a. Uh, like a meat burrito of some kind and then you got like a vegetarian one and then do you remember this do you remember this yeah it was like, yeah exactly the meat, like the meat somehow the was deposited some of the meat ended up in mark's burrito and mark Ooh. mark took a bite and then flash forward like 20 seconds later mark is in a bush yakking it out speaking of yaks <laughs> yeah they snuck some sort of like like weird piece of pork or something in there and it was yeah it was not good <laughs> A weird piece of pork. Uh, all right, moving on. The Washington football team signed cornerback William Jackson, uh, formerly of the Bengals. Three years, $42 million. Good to be a cornerback. Uh, he gets $26 million guaranteed, the former first-round pick in 2016. Bengals uh, choose to let him head out the door, and Washington shores up their secondary sum. You can kind of you can tell how what positions are hard to find because there, there are no – good cornerbacks left on the market. There weren't that many. There weren't any to begin with, practically. Shaq Griffin went to Jacksonville, William Jackson there, and there's no, there's not really any offensive linemen left. Like, the, the top 25 is pretty decimated, other than the receivers. We do have a bunch of big-name receivers still out there that we're waiting on. I was going to yeah, I was going to hit um, who's left in a second, but let's do 8 o'clock delight. Sure. Is this drop okay with you, Mark? Yeah, this is pleasant. Okay, good. Uh, the Colts bring back Marlon Mack. Of course, he blew his Achilles last September, but he's coming back to Indy. Love Marlon Mack. Nice backfield there. Taylor, Hines, Mack. Trevor Lawrence is the uh, number one overall pick, or he, he's about to be, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now there's a report out there that they're taking calls on Gardner Minshew. What kind of market should Minshew? How about Minshew to Denver, uh, Sizzler? 
I love Gardner Minshew, but I don't know if you... I don't understand why people would be calling as a starter. That surprises me. The line straight for Michael Brockers and signed Jamal Williams. Little salary dump. The Rams, it was confusing how they got under the salary cap. This was this was kind of part of it. This was a just total salary dump. They basically gave up nothing to get him. Good, good player. Right, but this is incredibly juicy because Brockers... Um, went on record after the Rams acquired Stafford and called him a level up from Goff. Now he's been shipped to Detroit, where he's back with level down Goff. Ooh, good, good angle. Ouchers! The Browns, they take a shot on Tack McKinley, uh, who is a disaster for the Falcons. How do you feel about this one, Mark? I mean, I kind of see, like, who knows? Like, they didn't pay him much. uh, He seems like a replacement for Adrian Claiborne, not like their guy across from Miles Garrett. They play like a 4-2-5 as a base, so they just need to kind of keep finding edge dudes. All right, the Chiefs say goodbye to Super Bowl hero Damian Williams, who opted out last year. You know, this gets me thinking, like, because the C.J. Mosley trade rumors around the Jets. Everybody was so, it was so big on everyone to say and report it, as is his right he is opting out of the 2020 season because of COVID-19. And I'm not making light of COVID-19 or what anyone's personal situations were. But, yes, perhaps it's his right, but it is maybe not in your best football interest uh, to disappear for a year. And that might be the case for Damian Williams. Mm. Opt out revenge. The uh, the last time we talked, Damian Williams, I remember, is, is that the Super Bowl, uh, a hearty debate with, with our friend Wes, um, where he thought Damian Williams maybe deserved that MVP. I kind of enjoyed that because I got sandwiches uh, on that one. West was all fired up. I remember that. Uh, Also, oh, my old friend Lamar Miller, a 14-time Making the Leap uh, nominee uh, on the old Around the NFL blog days. Uh, He is back in the league, according to Greg's notes. Washington. Thank you. With Washington. I I don't know. I saw Lamar Miller. I was like, wow, first day sighting Lamar Miller. Let's get Dan's old buddy into the show. No, that's good. I just just throw throw a WAS in there. (laughs) Next time. <laughs> not not really headline news on any uh, website. People have no idea what's happening, but Greg, very nicely, you know, we'll take turns, but Greg has been great this week about sending out, here's like the 18 or 19 head-spinning things that happen, but sometimes Greg's sentences are very complete and you know exactly what happens, but there are times when it's hard to decipher, and I think, Dan, you ran into some of mm. that. that Typically, I have more in the way of preparation time. Uh, this week, obviously, has been very busy for me. Uh, so I was kind of flying blind there off Greg's notes, and it, it, got, it got me there. <laughs> didn't know where Lamar Miller ended up. I didn't have a chance to look that up. But uh, but I did give you the information you really needed, which was uh, Mark's, uh, Greg's notes were Dan's buddy Lamar Miller back in the league. Yeah, that was what was key. That was what was key. I mean, I don't there. think he's going to make a big, big splash here. Uh, speaking of big splash, there are big splashes – uh, still to come, um, I'm going to pull up your old boss. Well, it's not. It's from your old boss's website, Mike Florio. Uh, Shireen Williams wrote the top 25 remaining free agents, Greg. Is that on your radar a little bit? You write the top 101. Hmm. Now you have someone that's coming in off the top turnbuckle with an updated top list and maybe makes yours a little bit, I don't know, yesterday's news. I'm well, just you know, saying what it is. No, it's not okay. a concern, especially because I just checked and I was wondering if the editors were going to do that. At some point, they start chopping off the players who have been signed. And if you go to NFL.com slash 101, you, you see the best available now. That's that's what the list is. You got to tap. You see. Okay, good, it's good, there. Good. Excellent. It's right there. 
All right, so according to Shireen, and maybe I should go over to Greg's li- uh, list after that impassioned reply. No, uh, it's okay. Kenny Galladay, here are some, here's 10 big names still out there. Kenny Galladay, Anthony Harris, the Viking safety, Juju Smith-Schuster, Hassan Reddick, the edge rusher with the Cardinals last year, Troy Hill, Rams cornerback, Mitchell Schwartz, cut by the Chiefs last week, the tackle, Will Fuller, still out there, uh, Carlos Dunlop, A.J. Boye and Mitch Trubisky amongst the hey some some veterans that are name brands but buyer beware at this point Patrick Peterson Jadavian Clowney T.Y. Hilton uh, Melvin Ingram all big names still looking for work I mean was that uh, like in order uh, her order because some of the first, here we go here the we first go. eight or nine was well, yeah do some you, of those Greg do you agree that- with her order well, some of those names towards the top, like Boye, um, Trubisky, there was a couple others that seemed, right. seemed Let me curious. look at Greg's list. Seemed curious. Um, but I also have Clowney right now as the second highest, which maybe I know you wouldn't like. I'm Curtis Samuel. I, did I hear Curtis Samuel in there? Uh, that's, uh, he's on the list. I didn't that, mention that, That's a spicy one. Um, oh, there it is. Best. All right, here's Greg's best free agents available since he's clearly angling to get this listed. Now. No, I mean, we, you basically just set him <laughs> off. Throw in a Dory Jackson, Malcolm Butler. Like, there's some other good names. You said, you said my top one. So you have, but you have, we were talking about this yesterday. Clowney is your, your second best available option left now. I, I, I just can't get on board with that. At what point does this guy not get the benefit of the doubt? You have Galladay, Clowney, Will Fuller, Samuel, Juju, Mitchell Schwartz, Justin Houston. Interesting there. Hassan Reddick, T.Y. Hilton, Carlos Dunlop, Dory Jackson, David Andrews, Anthony Harris, and then who, well, who Robin would you Ingram. put above Clowney, or how many? I right. wouldn't put too many of those above Clowney. Maybe some maybe of those Kirk, are Sam, maybe about some of those eight or receivers. ten of them. I don't know. Here's the thing: I like him. Maybe I overrate him this year because I was sort of anticipating. Like, I like the idea of buying low on him. Whenever he's played, he's still productive. Not last year, but that's he's still 28, 29. Uh, you're gonna that's get him an old twenty eight. You're gonna yeah, that's fair. You're gonna get him get him at a discount. Man, Wolf the Dolphins was Dolphins got to do something here. The Dolphins will sign one of these receivers, but that's been one of my surprises early. Is in terms of quiet teams that the Dolphins uh, haven't really done much. But it wouldn't surprise me if they signed David Andrews, the Patriots' center. They've been rumored to, and I think they will sign one of these receivers, whether it's Galladay or maybe Fuller. Fuller was really good last year, and I know he had a ton of injury issues before last year, and, of course, the season ended on a PED suspension that actually carries over one game into 2021. Those are all obvious uh, red flags, but he's a good buy-low guy. On Sign him on a short-term deal. He'd fit in Miami. He'd right. fit in almost anywhere. Put, put him in New well, England. They should sign one more receiver, I think. This right. um all right, that's it for uh, today's show. We have one more show this week on the podcast side of things, and then uh, we have the television show, the Around the NFL uh, broadcast on NFL Network uh, on Friday afternoon, so make sure to set your DVRs uh, for that and those overseas. I believe you can access it via the Game Pass app, I believe. I don't know. Hope so. I seem we we do get a lot of tweets from people uh, overseas with a with a nice frosty beverage watching our program. So I guess there is access to it on some level. There must be. All right, good. And speaking of overseas listeners, happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, oh yeah. To How about the Irish I, out there? 
And speaking of other, you know, another overseas listener that has some power out there. How about our old bosses at Sky Sports? I know they have a Sky Sports NFL channel. So if you are listening, you know, Mace, whoever it is, uh, let's get the Around the NFL broadcast on that channel. What do we got to right. do? I don't, that's that's way over our heads. But right. It's award-winning content that. that they can just take and plop right on their, on their own network and uh, delight many. We, so what are, what are we doing here? And I mean, oh, what awards did you win? Oh, the 2013 Best New Podcast Award there, exactly. uh, from uh, Apple. And also we did win a Stitcher that a former producer uh, had shipped directly <laughs> to her apartment. So that happened. Erica, that, by the way, in case, I don't know if you're picking up uh, what Greg's putting down there, but that would be something that would probably fall under the producer's tasks. Oh, the guys hey, just had a good idea. You, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the, the Sky Sports thing? It would yeah, be on. That, no, yeah, unfor- unfortunately, I feel like for, that's good. Ricky's the producer. Okay, she connects with the producer over there, Mace. Hey, the guys had kind of a fun idea. I don't know if you caught it on the show. Uh, I bet the listeners overseas would love to see the guys. Is that something that could happen? And that's just that's how a producer gets that, the ball rolling. Talk start, shop, starts you know. the ball rolling, but this yep. feels like. It's these are some shadowy league figures at the highest levels, the type that who are making these decisions that we that we don't even con, are in contact with. But I mean, we we largely circumvented then to even be on Sky. So why don't we just go a step further and give them our television show without <laughs> alerting them? That will go over fine. I would say if you send it a, uh, sent a pirated version of our program uh, to United Kingdom and other territories. It'll be a good test about on a lot of levels, like where we stand with the company. <laughs> I mean, I don't have too many questions about where we stand, but yeah. all right, good. All right, good stuff. Uh, keep tuning in. We'll keep churning out the content. Thank you for listening. This is Dan Hansen signing off for the Quiet Storm, the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood. Till Thursday, keep the call. go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. 
It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 